Good evening guys, welcome to our Thursday edition of Lockdown Warriors. Um, lovely to, to start Thursday's session again with the beautiful sunshine. It's a lovely summer's evening. I hope it's a, a lovely evening or afternoon or morning wherever you are in the world. Um, yeah, it's been a good day. It's, it, it's, been a, it's been a lively day. It's been a productive day. Um, and part of the day has been spent reflecting on on the week, the last two weeks, the last three weeks, and it's been it's been brilliant. And you know, I'm always speaking about how we should journal everything when we're when we're learning. And actually, you know, I'm, I'm being put to the test with that. And today, um, I had the opportunity to to actually gather all my notes together, put them in order and start to take bits out of uh, out of what we've been learning over the last three weeks. And it's been fantastic. Um, and what was interesting was when we're looking at this element of remote learning, which has been a focus this week, the other focus this week has been remote working. And it was interesting because a lot of our a lot of our knowledge, a lot of our teachings if you like has been based on journaling so we're always continuing to to sort of journal to use that as a byproduct for growth to use that as a byproduct to personal development and the basis of putting pen to paper and and having a look at what you've achieved whether you know big or small or you know whether there's any challenges and how you overcame them that that journal becomes a strong base for you to for you to use on a continuous basis to to reflect and learn and it's only one of the counterparts that we can use for our personal development there's so many different elements and when i was looking at the remote learning and remote working we should be doing the same for our personal development and you know for me doing this this um session these sessions regularly it's been really interesting because, you know, it's kept me on my toes. It's kept me learning. It's kept me reflecting. So therefore, I am remote learning and I'm remote working, you know, remotely working. So it's, it's really important, guys, that we try and grasp the knowledge that, that we get and try and move that up a level. So, yeah, that's just a little note before before we go into today's session. Um Tomorrow, guys, we've got um, a young lady named Ellie Smith. We're going to be discussing fear. I'm really excited about it because it's one of those things that I like discussing. Um, it's within our human nature that we're going to feel challenged um, or we may have a particular dream or a goal, um, yet we have this tendency to firstly have the visualisation of, you know, how what our goal is and, you know, we might have some... Uh, stages or steps of having how we might get there but if it was as easy as that why is everybody not doing that why is everybody not achieving their goals um why is there this 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 uh saying this statistic of the top five percent top three percent of the world the top achievers the high net worth you know and ultimately it comes down to fear and the beauty of it is and me and ellie are going to be discussing this tomorrow is that fear largely is it starts with something of the unknown and if we dwell on something i.e the idle minds the devil's workshop and you know we we're, we're trying to risk assess you know if i wanted to to achieve this goal 
and I'm currently here and I want to get to there, during the journey, which hasn't happened, you create so many obstacles, so many challenges, and, you know, most of us, let's say the, the, the 95% of the world would say, look, you know, it's not worth it, I'm actually okay. So you therefore compromise living life on your terms, you compromise reaching your goals and your dreams, yet simultaneously, those who have gone through, taken action, however big or small your goal is, actually discover that it wasn't what they thought it was. It wasn't as challenging, it wasn't as tough. So that's gonna be a great one that we're gonna be discussing tomorrow. And I think, you know, we're gonna take so much away from that. So today's session, we've got Abby Thompson. Abby Thompson is, is going to be discussing um, and, and, and talking about, I'm gonna be asking her a, a lot of questions because in my opinion, I know Abby, she's a dear friend of mine. Um, we met approximately a year ago. Um, I, was I was choreographing and delivering a dance seminar up north in the UK. Um, and that's, that's where we met. And from the moment I met her, I could see, you know, she's really enthusiastic. Um, she, was, she was part of the dance forum. Uh, I was teaching Bangra, Bollywood, etc. Um, and there was, there was a group, probably 20, 25 dancers. And Abby approached me afterwards and she was asking questions about it, you know, and she was saying, look, you know, we've got a performance coming up and could you help us with this? And, you know, could you give us some pointers? And that's how we met. And since then, you know, uh, she's been working from our office in the UK a couple of days a week and supporting us with, with UK academia. So I really got to know her. And when you get to know somebody, you get to know their story. Everybody has a story. And Abby's story, in my opinion, is, is, is a really special story. Um, and it's something we can all learn from. And if I was to summarise it, I won't do it any justice, but I've tried to summarise it for the sake of marketing, for the sake of getting out there and for the sake of saying, you know, we've got Abby Thompson coming on. So the way I would summarise it is sometimes in life, our opportunities are limited for a number of reasons. And we'll hear why Abby's may have been limited. Yet, when we have limitations or when the world is, is telling us, you know, opportunities are lessened for yourself, we have a choice of, you know, whether we say, okay, we're going to battle through this one, I don't care, and then reach the other end, or we can become a byproduct of what the world says and, you know, follow, follow the crowd. But we should never follow the crowd. We should always go in the opposite direction because our chances are better. Um, so let's see if Abby's um, requested. Um, Abby, if you haven't, could you please just request to come on live and then we can accept you. I can see you're there. And then, yeah, so that, that's going to be great. And then a weekend, guys, we've got a weekend special. We've got 12 o'clock with Jake and the leper. We're going to be talking about morning routines. And then in the evening, um, we've, we've got Sly and Oren, who, who are actors and co-producers of a new film, and they're going to be discussing their project. Um, and then on Sunday, we've got Christopher Dirich back. So it's going to be great. So I'm just going to allow Abby to come into the room. This one usually takes a few seconds, so I should really. Uh, whoa! Oh, I'm yeah, I'm sideways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instagram, I've got this. Well, you might not be side sideways. You might be just warming up and doing a headstand. Okay, internet 
connection's not great. I'm back, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying, you know, you, you could just style it out and say you were doing a headstand because, you know, you're warming up for the session. Oh, are, you yeah. able, are you able to hear me well, Abby? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you well. Good, good. Good day? Yeah, yeah, we're all good. Just uh, at home. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well, look, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I think we've got a lot to cover um, because from what I can see, and obviously I've, uh, during your introduction, I said, you know, that I know you. So, you know, I, I, I know how you've been dealing with lockdown. I know, you know, how you've been, de how you deal with a lot of things, basically. Um, but if you don't mind, um, as much as possible, can you give us some background about your life when, when you were a teenager? Uh, and then take us through the journey. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so you grew so up, you grew up in, in the South, in Kent, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't normally share um, my my background unless... Sure. Um, I, so I'll, I'll do it in a, a real summarised way. So Absolutely, you can yeah. uh, get an idea that, that it's a little bit up and down. But um, actual events, I wouldn't tend to share them unless uh, I, that, yeah that doesn't yeah, matter that doesn't unless matter. I felt that that it would really really help somebody um but so so yes I I lived with my my mum and dad uh were never together um it was a difficult time many parents can relate I'm sure they they was young um they wasn't wasn't ready for a child and um my my mum has her own own problems and um which she's deals with amazingly and uh yes yeah, so I lived with my mum until I was three years old and then I went to live with my nan um yeah and that was in Kent I had quite a a tough it, everything was up and down like I said every nobody intentionally uh tried to hurt me but you know these things happen everyone's human and uh family you know tried their best and for whatever reason, it's difficult for me to explain because I, I've said to you before, I don't actually know the ins and outs of what happened when I was growing up um, because I've never really, and I never asked because I never felt that I would get the truth because everyone in my family will have a different perspective from, from their perspective. Um, and also I've always felt that it's, it's their problem. Um, and it's still some with some of them is still a, a problem for them, um, but it didn't need to be my problem. But as I got older, I and especially more recently, I come to realise that it did have an effect on me without me realising, and was able to understand. So when I got to a teenager, um, I, I struggled. I had very poor mental health, and, and no one, and not many people know this about me. So I know like some of my dancers are watching now, and they won't know this about me. Um, but uh, this is this is why I have such good advice because I've I've been there. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so very poor mental health, and nobody really understood around me. My family didn't really see it; it wasn't really a, a known thing. Um, but anyway, cut a long story short, I battled through it, got carried on going through more and more things. I moved out of home at, at 15 years old, uh, lived with uh, a family and ended up being the um the mum of the family and looking after the people there so I kind of just went straight from 
uh, being a child, which I didn't really have much kind of childhood, it, I had to grow up quite quickly to, to just being an adult. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of just went from there. So I, and I've, I've had a point of uh, being a stepmom. I, I uh, had a, tend to always have older boyfriends and, and they had children and I've had a period of being a stepmom and, and kind of lived this real adult life. Um, and then probably about six years ago now, I'd say about that, maybe a little bit, a little bit more. Um, but anyway, into my twenties, it wasn't really till I come into my twenties that I started to even out. And even then, I still had uh, a bit more ups and downs. But um, but yeah, it's it's been then. And now I feel younger than when I was fifteen. When I was fifteen, I. I felt like I was 25, 30. Understood, um, yeah. Now I'm, now I'm 29 on Sunday, actually. I feel like I'm 18 and I'm ready, you know, ready to, yeah, to yeah. live life and enjoy myself and carefree. So do you, do you um, think, you know, you said that you've, you've only recently recognised that there may have been some trauma there. Um, now, and, 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 and the way that you dealt with it, um, whichever way that was, and, you know, I will ask you that question, but what I want to know is, um, was it sort of, finding a solution and, and, and finding something to deal with that, that now has made you feel more alive and, and, and you know, younger? Yes. So I think you can go through, um, I go for a period of, of just, you just think it's who you are. You don't know any different. You don't feel quite right. You're not sure why you don't feel quite right, but it's just who you are. It's your circumstances, what you've been thrown into and, and it's what you adapt to. But there's always that little niggling feeling all the time that it, that you're just not quite yourself. But why would you? You wouldn't know any different. You, we're we're all born and domesticated by whatever we're surrounded by, and and we our vision of of things and of ourselves is is no different to what we see every day. But you can just have this feeling in you that that there's just something more to you. You're just not yourself. It's just not right. Whether it's kind of that feeling of not fitting in. I never, I don't think I've, I've never, um, I never really have fitted in, but I've never felt that a problem. I've always more found that I don't fit in because I'm not really myself, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not because I don't have anywhere that I fit in, sure. uh, because I could, I, I'm a good adapter, I could pretend to fit in, I could have loads of friends or I could have no friends. I could act as if I fitted in and act as if I was part of everything um but i never really felt part of anything so it that's i think as i've been growing i'm always searching for something else um but now i really feel like myself and that's where i've come to recognize that a lot of it is from my upbringing um i say like so i won't i don't say too much about myself unless it's relevant like somebody's saying something to me and I think you know you you're looking at me thinking I am this person that has it all together and you think it's so great and I have a dance school and I have my own place and and you see it all and that's that point when somebody says to me something like well it's easy for you to say that because you've got it that's the only time when I might if I feel it's actually going to help them to realise that, yeah, if they're saying to me things are tough for me and I'm, I'm not going to be able to get better, I can, that's when I say, well, guess what? I've, I went through blah, blah, blah. 
if I feel it's going to help them, and often it will, because then they'll think, oh, well, if you've gone through that and you're okay now, then that's hope for me to go through anything and be okay. Obviously, circumstances are different. But I don't like to mention specific events because I don't want people to... Um, well, you don't have to, Abby. You know, the key okay. is, yeah, the key is, because everybody has a story and everybody has hardships. And what, what, what we want in this forum is, is to sort of, obviously, you know, thank you very much for sharing what you shared with us. And, and you know, what, what we want to sort of also grasp, and I know dance is one of those, and I, you know, I want to spend a portion of that on how that acted as therapy. But aside from dance, was there, was there anything else that, that really supported you? So the viewers who are listening, um, who, who are going through something similar, and it might be that they're going through it now and they might be at a, a, you know, a younger age, or it may be that they're 25, 35, 45, and the needle's just dropped. And they're thinking, yeah, you know, I think my story resonates with Abby's and I haven't actually done anything about it you know so was there anything specific that you did or was it just something that you know it was just one of those days you woke up and recognized um well I think so a, a big changing point in my life was I mean like you know know a lot a lot more about me but a big changing point in my life was um having good relationships so I had poor I'm talking about with uh, with a boyfriend so I had poor relationships up to a certain point um you know that's something i um, guess i'm still kind of investigating a little bit myself why the reason for that but i i guess it's quite typical if uh, if your upbringing wasn't so conventional um it's possible to for whatever reason trying to find hurt. love yeah 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 try to find yeah. love so so yeah it wasn't um it wasn't smooth sailing but then when i did find a partner who was a good person and i and i started going for people who were nice people um, and going to support me so then that so that's definitely was one changing point but it wasn't enough um because it, it didn't last and I wasn't ready um and I wasn't myself still I still hadn't found um who I was it's a weird thing to say because you're always yourself to some extent but yeah and like I said you just get no but get it's those demons people. isn't it it's those demons that you're speaking about <laughs> and you you know you could have a great day a productive day and then you go home you know the lights are off and then it's those thoughts, it's, you know, so yeah, I get, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, so that was a definite turning point. Obviously, we would touch on dancing anyway, but dancing became, a, but I was still quite young. I was only 15, 16. So at the beginning of the dance school, like, no one knows this, like, rarely, barely anyone knows. Um, some people that are close to me may know my background, but they don't know what I would be going through maybe at that period of time. Um, when I first started the dance school, my personal life was shocking it was it was very bad nobody would know because i so again i guess that's a that's a way of me being able to get through something to just completely have to throw myself into dance um definitely so that was a start and then obviously through that i started to meet people um and be surrounded by a family um even though there was just there, there were people i didn't know some of them i did know so i guess all of a sudden having that family as well so I think that came first then having a good relationship that was another support but it wasn't quite enough it's you know a bit more investigation into myself and I think a big turning point is um is a book this is what I always think to myself it's a particular book um that I read um it's who says you can't you do by 
Daniel Chidiak. I'm probably saying that, uh, pronouncing that wrong. But that was who, the... Who so says... Huh? Who says... What's the name of the book, Abby? Um, who says you can't, you do. Right. Interesting. And I don't recall how I came across it and prize that. So I am not... Um, so me and Anoop, sometimes we like some of the same books, but Anoop's a book reader, but I'm not a book reader. Um, it, I do read, um, but it's usually for the purpose of of learning something, not to just to read. Um, but then I struggle um, because I start to read about two pages and I'll be like, right, now it's time to action those new things I've learned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that takes a year and then I might go back to the book again for the yeah, next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not too... But uh, that's, that, you know, sorry, just to cut you off there, me, me and um, Pritesh were having a conversation the other day and, and we were talking because, you know, obviously I go to see Tony Robbins and I go to these seminars and it was like, you know, why would you pay that much money to go every year? You know, and I don't even usually stay for the full four days. Or, um, and then he got it because he was like, well, actually, it's the same sort of concept of, you know, if you buy a book, sometimes, you know, it's quite pricey. You know, it might be 20, 25 pounds. But he said, you know, if you just pick the book up and you've, and, and you've invested £20 and you've just read the first page, yet you took something away from that first page, that, you know, your investment's already paid off, yeah? Yeah, it just made me feel... Like yeah, it just made me feel better about my... I, I thought it was just my attention span, but now... So what's a really quick better. summary of this book? I'm really interested. Um, okay, so it's a first, I've never read any self-help, really. Um, I think prior to that, the only books I probably read on holiday were like Katie Price biographies. Yeah, this is how much I've changed. I'm not the same. <laughs> I, won't, I won't take note of that one. But everybody has a story. Yes, yes. Right? So, but yeah, and then it was all uh, fictional books, maybe. Only on holiday, because it's the only time there was nothing else to do um maybe so that's when I read um yeah so for some reason I picked this book up and it just engaged me and I, I couldn't stop and I did every task in it that it said and I hope you know I've, I've read a lot more books since then so I might may mix it up a little bit but I'm pretty sure that Daniel was um had a drug addiction and he turned his life around and he is now a coach to to all kinds of people, businessmen, um, women, uh, athletes, anything really. And he's a he's a life coach. Um, so the story is how he about how he turned his life around. But it's very much all about being accountable for yourself. Um, set how to set goals. I don't know. It's very it it's uh, it had a huge impact on me. Just things down to. Um, sleep like not telling yourself you're not tired it's such a simple thing mm. but, yeah i've had enough sleep i'm not tired you know i don't need to go yeah. and don't need to go to sleep and forget yeah. about the day you know another thing i really took from that is if you want to change a habit he talks about um going to the extreme so for example say your habit was that you wanted, I'm trying to think of something simple to explain. Um, okay, that you, you wanted to save money. Maybe you, you was in a lot of debt and you want to save money. Um, so then what you do is you take your brain to the point and, and you visualise how you would be if you lost everything. If you was homeless and you had no family and you had nothing. To feel the emotion, because even though 
yes, you're maybe not nowhere near that point. If you don't stop what you're doing, it could get to that point. So it it's like a mechanism. So, and I found that, I think that worked for me because I'm not very, um, I am positive and enthusiastic, but I, I'm not so like the grass is green all the time. I'm not, I don't sure. think like that. I'm quite more realistic. So for me to visualize sometimes where it might be is harder for me to visualize than it is of how wrong it might go. So that, that works for me. So some people it will work to visualize where they will be in 10 years and that's what's going to keep them motivated. Where at that current period in time, visualizing where I wouldn't be in 10 years, it was what motivated me to push forward. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I, I think because of the way, just however I look at things, I just think you don't know what's around the corner. I've very much got that attitude that you don't know what's going to happen. Um, that's why I struggle with that, like visualizing what's really far in the future and that I'm working every day to get to that goal because life's life and life happens and life could just stop it from happening at any point and you have no control over it. But I do have control of going the other way and going down and that's what I have control. And I, I've been down, so I know what that feels like for me. It, that down is different for everyone, but I, I've been at, at rock bottom for me. So I know and I can, I can visualize and I can visualize how that could get even worse and so that's enough for me to, to push and push. And right now, yeah, so it's, it's really away. interesting because it's, it's, um, it's actually stoic philosophy. So it's um, worst case scenarios, you know, it's, it's, you're, and, and it's exactly in line with what you're saying. So it's rather than, you can simultaneously visualize, but you know, that's secondary. The primary is look at the facts, you know, we're all going to die. But it's not that bad. We're all going to die. You know, there might be an afterlife. You know, this might happen because it's happened to so many. So this is this is real. You know, it's reality. Yeah. And then after that, you know, if you want to try and sort of develop your visualization for your future, etc. But the stoic philosophy is very much in line with with what you're saying. And I can also see why you like Tim Ferriss, because um, Tim Ferriss is very much in line with um, I think it's a four hour work week or the Tall of Titans where he speaks about this element of what you think is going to be like, you know, the, the ultimate, let's say you, you work in nine to five, but you want to start your own business. One of the reasons why you don't do that, maybe because you think you're going to be a beggar in the street, you know, you know, it's like this, but then actually whilst you're doing that, you realize the chances of that worst case scenario actually happening is very slim. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. He he is very, uh, yeah, he's the, probably why I do like him. He's very much like, what's the worst that can happen? And again, that it's just about what fight, what works for you. Like what works for me is not, not necessarily going to work for everyone. It might for someone. If they tried everything else, then maybe maybe try try it how I do it. But um, it, it's not, we're all different, aren't we? But for me, because that works and I know and I recognise that that works, seeing the worst case scenario like that he that's why Tim Ferriss is great because he is very much like well what's the worst that can happen and I can visualize the worst can happen and then I can think well it's not that bad even if that did happen so I'll just go for it anyway <laughs> and then you know what's like... interesting Abby you're you're obviously a good friend of mine so uh, and we spend a lot of time together um both through work and in the office and we have lunch together so we have a lot of conversation so ultimately that means that you know if I'm having a bad day you've seen a few of them 
and you're, you're there to support me. And what I can see, which probably you can't see, is due to your, um, your, your upbringing and your challenges in life and your philosophy on, on you know, the, 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 your, your take on how you should see your future um, and worst case, your advice to friends and, 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 and family and your students, etc., is, is very different compared to what others may say, oh, come on, it's all right, Think, look on the bright side of life. Yes, you do say that, but it's very real. So what, again, probably you don't see is you have this, this, this great attribute of using, without realising that, you know, what is real, because you've been there and you've seen it, and, and the advice that you give really helps others in, on, on, on a sort of reality check and, and move them forward in that direction. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. You say so. Yeah, I don't really look at myself in that way, but I that kind of makes sense because sometimes I do. Someone says something to me, and I just answer the best that I can. And I do sometimes feel that um, I influence them in some way. If that makes sense, yeah, I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to influence anyone, but I do. Sometimes I say things and then it kind of gives me this real response. I feel this real responsibility of what I'm going to say to someone because I think for some reason, I don't know why, but they listen to me. Maybe that's why. Maybe it is that, um, that, that it's real. It's, uh, it's real advice. And even if I haven't been in, been in that exact situation, I've probably been in something quite similar or had some kind of similar feeling. Um, I'm also I'm a real good observer. So I can... Yeah, so I, I know you are. Yeah. So it took you a while to, to sort of accept me into your life, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Just because I've got a dodgy face, but obviously now I know there's a, there's a story behind it. So it wasn't just a dodgy face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I've lost my... Well, I can't think what we were talking about. I was observing, wasn't we? Yeah, I think because I'm, because I'm quite an observer as well, I... Um, observe what other people going through so it, it's like even though I haven't been through it um, observing someone else's trauma and and what they I can really kind of take it in and remember it as if it was my own feeling mm. so then that's I, I think that's why that there's sometimes there's more advice there and ideas towards things than I even know is there um, and I don't know where it's come from I mean you know I um, do caring um, yeah. So from that, so most, a, a lot of people go, okay, it's a wonderful, rewarding job. And I think anyone would get something from it. But I really, really got a huge, huge amount from being in a position with people where they're not that long, got that long left to live. They've, they've lived their whole entire life and yet they're there, some positive, some not positive, but they're still there existing, living. And, and here I am with my whole life ahead of me wondering you know what's oh I'm not happy about this or I'm not happy about that it's kind of that little again that little wake-up call that like that's something I can visualize for the future because I've seen it so many times so if I can visualize it in the future that I potentially I don't mean to make anyone feel <laughs> down about this but no it's powerful it's no it's powerful it's, it's not making anyone feel down because it's positive what you're saying is is we we get anxiety and sometimes to a point of depression and visiting the doctor and saying, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I'm always feeling down and waking up late, I'm overeating and there's some anxiety there because there's uncertainty about something, yeah? 
And actually, you know, I always say your worst day is somebody else's dream in the world. You yeah. know? So there's, there's somebody there and they're like, okay, so you're moaning about uncertainty about your job, but the, 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 the probability of you finding 10 other opportunities is huge where you, where you are in the UK. And if not, you know, you've got support from the government, blah, 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 blah. But we oversee that. So what you're saying is, you know, through, through, and, and this is applicable for everyone. It's gratitude and it's, and it's a reality check that what we actually have is huge abundance, you know? Mm. And if we just step back, then, we, then you know, that, that feeling of gratitude and abundance is enough to eradicate 80, 90% of these thoughts and feelings just that just pass by in our lives. Yeah, I'm just, I, I always feel really blessed for caring. It's not something that, uh, it was one of the things where I said I was going to go in to do it. I've always danced and I've always had to have a second job. Um, hopefully, now I'm going towards having a second job in dancing, so it will be dancing. But um, I had to always do something, cleaning, working in a bar, anything. Um, and I was fine at first, but, but once it got a bit repetitive, I, I'd had enough once I knew what I was doing I'd, I'd get bored and I wanted something that the second job was I enjoyed going to just as much as I did dancing um and that's when I come across caring and and my friends and family said oh you won't be able to do that because I probably be a bit squeamish that's why that's why they thought you won't be able to do that um and I just I loved it I loved it it, it was hard it was hard going um but it I quite quickly adapted to it and I just really uh really like i think my dancing experience and teaching people actually helped me with caring in a way kind of helped me to um help people to progress and mm. to provide them with what it is that they need whether it be physically or mentally whatever so um, i've already got kind of that planning element in my head where i can go into a situation and say right we need to do this this and this to achieve that and it wasn't really any different with caring okay you want to walk around more so we need to do this this and this to get you walking or you have pain here we need to do this this and this to, to stop the pain or you get depressed at this time of day this is what we need to do you know you come into these different situations but I am just that I just feel like I'm a, I, I there's many ladies who um I think of in my mind all the time because I'm just so lucky to be with it's like it's such a uh, just such a pleasure to be with someone looking after them until they're 100 and hear about their whole entire life mm. and and how they're there now and that's what i say i know so, Abby, that's where you we're know, they say I've, got, you know, I've, 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 I've seen sort of many quotes on those who who are nearing the end of their life you should you know you should ask them you know what are the things that you remember and what are the things that made you happy and a common denominator is that most of them, or if not all of them, will never say money as the number one thing. No. Those things that we see as significant now are actually insignificant towards the end of life. Have you asked that question? And, and you know, have you got answers to that? Yeah, one? no one, no one's ever, no. No one ever said money. Even the people I've looked after have got loads of money. No one ever says money. This is the thing that I, I really take from, from looking after, uh, it's obviously elderly people, but not necessarily I've looked after young people that, that have um, died early. You know, it's still that very much that kind of, you don't know what's going to happen, so don't take things for granted. But they either say, I wish I had, or they're saying all the things that they're grateful for. It's either one or the other. So they're either, I, 
I regret not doing this, this, and this, because bear in mind, I might, may have looked after somebody for over a period of five years. I've probably heard the ins and outs of their lives, all their inner thoughts. And so I've, I've heard them. I, I've looked after a man before who wondered what would have happened if he'd got with the love of his life. But because he had children with his wife, he didn't do it. Um, and I used to hear this story at 90 years old. He's not about 92 bed bound. I'd hear this, hear this story all the time. Um, I wonder, I wonder what would have happened. And it's, it's that wonder if I'm not saying don't, you know, don't be your, it's, it's about tying those things off. It's important. You know, if he, in an ideal world and I have this hindsight now. So if I was to come across a situation where I'm like, well, I wonder what it'd be like that person, then I can analyze the situation and really think about it. Oh, what would it be like with that person? You know, if I, do I want to give up all this? Do I, and then when I get to being older, I'm happy with my decision. I've made the decision and I've mm. stuck by it and I'm not wondering what- And I think that's the key, isn't it? I mean, you know, taking the example, I think a lot of it comes down to your values and your blueprint. And it's sort of making a decision and sticking to it, yet simultaneously accepting that that was what was meant to be. Because if we, you know, whether you're 90, 40 or 20, if we stay stuck in a decision to say, oh, I wish I did that, you know, we're only going to be inflicting pain on ourselves. Mm. Yeah. So I think, you know, part of that is, is, is we have to shift and change our blueprint because it, it didn't happen. There's lots of things that I wanted to happen in my life. It didn't happen, similar with you. But if we, if we just ponder on it and, and let that be, become part of our consciousness and blueprint, then we're only going to allow more suffering in, right? Yes. Like some, that made me think this. Uh, someone said to me the other day, you know, we all have regrets. It's just I have regrets, you have regrets. And it made me think I don't have regrets. And it's my perception. Nice. I don't, I don't have no one single regret. Because everything happened, it happened. You can't exactly. change it. It yeah. happened. It made me who I am. I'm not gonna not going to regret it. And I've, but I've always had that. Um, even even from quite young. I remember. I, I don't know if anyone else has a, like a little voice in their head. Now I sound like really crazy. Um, <laughs> but we've all got this little voice in our head. It's, it's just Dance. talking to Dance. myself. Um, <laughs> But my little voice has always said to me, uh, maybe I could have picked up from anywhere, a television, a, a family member, some, anyone, I could have heard yeah. it, I'm just stuck. But I've always said to myself, don't regret it. it it's a yeah. point. I feel like regret is such a pointless thing. Yeah, but I think, I think for one of our viewers, um, uh, who, you know, we've got new viewers, uh, your, your squad, um, <laughs> and, and our viewers in, and, and, and I think that's a really, really important message. I think it's extremely important. Because in the 21st century, we're exposed to so much more, um, both in regards to media outlet, both in regards to social media, um, this, this image element, this body image element. Um, and it's okay to a certain degree, but it compounds and eats away without us knowing to a point. And then one day we wake up and we explode, you know? And it's serious, it's a very serious matter. Yet, if we recognize now, just as you're saying, you know, that it's the journey of life. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm obviously, um, I wouldn't say significantly older than you, but I'm older than you. You're older than um, the girls that you, you largely teach. So, you know, we know by fact that, you know, we fully accept that, you know, those things that we might have thought were, were, were important or significant, 
are absolutely not. You've either forgotten about them or you've realised that actually it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's one thing. That's interesting, saying about how things not being significant. Um, because that all adults would say, wouldn't they, or anyone that you would go to them for advice, um, your family, that they're all going to say that, that same kind of thing. But what is the difference between often when I say that kind of thing, someone actually believes it. So what's that, you know, what's that difference? Because I, I know family say to me, you know, friends, falling out of your friends, oh, you probably won't even talk to them when you get old, you won't even know them anymore, I don't know half of mine. But it doesn't make any difference, does it? You, mm. you, you've got to, there's got to come with some genuine facts up. You know, I remember this friend I had, she was really nice and we was great friends. And then, you know, you just grow apart. Some people say so you, you, it needs more behind it. You know, people can't just say, oh, it's not significant because that's not enough to really, to, to help someone and, and for them to be able to process it and believe it and take it on board in their life. So I think that sometimes, uh, a different thing completely but that's that's sometimes a problem with with advice we hear advice all the time and yeah. someone can turn around and say i've, I've told you that a million times uh, and you, mm -hmm. you never never listen to me so it's really trying to get to that point where where someone's going to listen and get to that point where you're going to listen to yourself so when you're having it like i do have all these conversations in my in my mind about how i'm feeling and how i should perceive things and is this right and is this wrong it's no different. If I just say to myself, oh, it's just not significant, you're probably not going to, to even be in this place. Like, it's not going to change a thing because it's significant to me right now. So mm -hmm. it's really having to, to go through it a lot deeper than that uh, and, and visualise, if it's a friendship, for example, visualise that friendship in the future and what it brings. And so that if it isn't going to be significant, if it is a case of, and I'm just using a friend as an example, but if, if it's not, it's the case of you're not going to be friends with that person in the future, that you can accept it in your mind already. Yeah, it's okay, actually, because that friend doesn't really bring that much to me. Um, uh, you know, I'm polite and we, and we get along, but it's, it's going to be fine. If it's someone like your mum that you're struggling to connect with, you're going to probably push more to say, well, actually, I'm going to, going to get that connection and I'm going to figure out why we don't see mm -hmm. eye to eye. And, yeah, so it's... And, uh, yeah, I, well, I think... What we try and push on this channel, and I know, you know, you're a great fan of as well, is, is this personal development element. You know, when we're talking about whether it's reading, now reading, you know, like you say, you might not be fond of finishing a book, um, uh, but you like, you know, the knowledge that you can get from it. So you can do it through audio books, you know, you can find animated series on YouTube. Um, the journaling element, I know you, that's one of the things we had in common yeah. right from the onset. We use passion planners, which is really sort of using a lot of reflection, a lot of planning, a lot of long-term, short-term goals, etc. So being a great, there's, there's a reason why, you know, I personally advocate and push personal development. And this is part of it, you know, like you said, you know, there'll be some things that are insignificant, some things that are significant, and, you know, some things are deeper than others, etc. But the very foundation, you know, if we're on a weekly, on, on, on a monthly basis, trying to learn and develop, then what we're doing is we have tools, yeah? And that's why this type of education is important, you know? It's the education that we don't really get taught. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's why, you know, I really try and push everybody to try and read, to try and learn and develop these strategies and tools 
to deal with life. Mm. You know? Yes. So before you go to, to your friend or your friends or your family to get advice, you know, you've already got an idea and, you know, you can get, they, they, they can just be a bonus, you know? Um, and then, yeah, obviously it's dependent on what the severity of the issue is, etc. But, you know, you and I both know that the, the personal development side is just ever so powerful. This really, now it's really interesting. Now it's just maybe, uh, we're going to just keep Stay bouncing. Stay tuned for part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to just keep bouncing to different topics now. Yeah, yeah. But um, you were talking about going to advice for people. I, that's something that's usually changed for me. So I would always go to people for advice initially. Um, now I, I don't go to people for advice. I try to figure out on my own. Or, well, you know, I'll probably have a, have a chat about it so that I can speak it out and say what I'm going to do about it. I don't, mm -hmm. I rarely, that's, what, that's my, my last thing is to go to someone and say that I don't know what to do. What should I do? Um, the only time I do that is if it's a team involvement, if the, if the issue that we're dealing with involves a team, because it's not just my input that should go into it. It's, it's up to everyone. It's not for me to go Okay, off. so you're, you're, you're in the middle of taking a, a dance class. Um, you take a five-minute break. You pick up your phone, and there's something that you need to deal with. Um, it's a mini-crisis. So are you able to put the phone down, shut that off, go home, and then think about how you're going to deal with it. Uh, so it's a mini cry, it depends. Uh, so it yeah, depends but yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So sometimes, you know, it might just be a narky email where, oh, you know. If it's something like that, I would just forget about it. And, and yeah, yeah, but you know, see, look, see, you brushed it to the side, but a lot of people, me included, I, I, I ponder on it and then it might affect whatever um, delivery or, or whatever I have to do at that time. So how do you do that? I, I think, again, that's really, I, I can't remember back to before and how I maybe was before. But, what, but what's your philosophy, Abby? What do you say? Do you say to yourself, you know, well, life goes on, and, a, you know. I have in my head, I have a created idea of, of what's an emergency and what's important and what should have my attention and what shouldn't. I mean, it's not like there's not a picture in my head, but I obviously have thought about it enough over time and over experiences to kind of filter out. Initially, I probably, when I was, as I've said, I, I had poor mental health. And when I was maybe 15, 16, 17, like I said, all up to 20s, I probably deal, dealt with everything completely irrationally. And I just reacted in the moment. But from them reactions, I was then able to analyse the feedback that I got from them and how people responded to me to eventually over a, a, a period of time and a period of experiences get this bank of information where I'm like, no, that's not how you, and, and that's not really that important. And try, I try not to come to assumptions, though I do, of course, everyone does, but I try not to come to assumptions. Um, I'm terrible in, in a relationship, I'm terrible coming to assumptions straight away. But in general life, um, I'm, I'm really good at, at just taking a moment and taking time and just seeing how it pans out. And maybe that person's just having a bit of a bad day. Maybe that wasn't really aimed at me. Did I actually do anything to get that reaction? No, I didn't. So it's probably, again, not really anything to do with me, even though they're, they're reacting that way or, or they're speaking that way. Um, yeah, how important is it to me, really? And I think, again, I that's where care, because I started caring when I was 20, so I don't know if that maybe had a had a bit of an impact, uh, you know, meeting so many people that were, were wise and had lived lives and 
all different kinds of lives. And note, this is something to note, is that every, all these elderly people have a completely different life, but a lot of them were really happy. With children, no children, married, not married, didn't make any difference. There were still people that were happy. So again, that's another like, thing in my mind that it doesn't matter how you are. It doesn't matter how you are to be happy. It's different for different people. And there's people with everything that you could imagine who aren't happy. You know, there's no, uh, there's no particular pattern to it. I know that probably freaks people out if they're trying to control their situation. Um, but th there's no, no particular pattern to that happiness other than, than what you feel and what makes you feel joy. And I think I've really gone off the train of, of what No, carry about. on, please. <laughs> That's um, what it's all about. Look, you know, this, this, this show, you know, has slowly become Lockdown Warriors. So with that title, it's all about people during lockdown because we're seeing a lot of statistics of, of, of depression, overeating, uh, drinking more, way more than, than what people normally would. And that has, that has a knock-on effect, you know, um, and, it, and it gets worse and worse, and then there's going to be more symptoms. And, then, you know, before you know it, we're talking um, uh, acute depression, etc. So that's why I started the show, mm -hmm. to try and get a wealth of people's experiences, because everybody's got a story and everybody's got strategies, even if they know it or not, you know, just by you talking about your story, you know, we can take so much away from that and get inspired. But then to add to that, there's certain strategies um, that, that you have uh, used. Well, you know, there was, there was a book and some of the things that you adapted from the book. It's the care work, studying psychology, which, which we still haven't got onto. You know, so there's, there's all of these sort of elements that we all learn from in a sort of within lockdown. But, you know, I think we were discussing yesterday that we don't want lockdown warriors to just be a channel during lockdown. You know, it's a statement that every time we feel this crisis, every time we do go do something, it's that Lockdown Warriors is looking at, OK, what did Abby say about this that is applicable? Um, what was interesting is going way back uh, about 30, 40 minutes ago, where you were talking about the community feel when, you would, when you're dancing and things. And it was something that Ginny said on Tuesday's um, session where she started during lockdown in particular you know at first she was eating a lot and you know but then she joined like an online gym activity and that created like a community and it was a game changer you know that created momentum so there's so so much so if you go off on the tangent absolutely fine with us yeah i i think i've, I've got the trait so we're talking about wasn't we things um bothering us and how we just over overcome them and um, yeah so then that that's where i was going with that so that the caring has given me an idea of an emergency so i've been in a lot of emergency situations so now my idea of an emergency and something that's bad is something that's actually bad that maybe somebody might die from it or that's i mean that's the ultimate thing isn't it that's the thing you don't want to happen you don't want someone to lose their life um so i've been in situations i've previous as a child being in in some bad situations and as a teenager but I didn't really resonate with them the same I didn't um I detached myself a lot more I didn't really understand it until I was older and I had more of an understanding of life that I was able to look upon it and say oh hang on that was a bad situation and that could have been really bad and um but there being in those situations and being in the moment and being in those situations that then makes me realize that, that there is nothing like, there's always somebody worse, we know that. It's easy to say, isn't it? It's easy to say, oh, there's always someone worse off, but it doesn't stop how you feel. 
Mm. I, I get that. But that's how I, I'm just talking about, you know, something that may come along and stopping it from ruining my day. Um, is I know what's a real emergency and I have an idea in my mind and, and I think everyone should get an idea of what actually matters to you. And if that thing that coming in doesn't matter to you, I'm not saying I'm not a rude person by any means. I'm not saying have an attitude about it and, and push it away, but I'm just saying don't don't worry about it so much. Do you, do you think sort of daily meditation, visualization helps to, to sort of develop the, that sort of blueprint? Um, because it's repetitive. So, you know, it's the same concept as affirmations. You know, if you keep saying, you know, I am successful, I am successful. And then, you know, it's the fake it till you make it element and it works to a certain degree. So it's a similar approach. I feel that you've got that blueprint through your hardships and your challenges um, more so than the norm, I would say, you know. Um, so therefore, if somebody's not gone through that, you know, they're not going to have that, they're not going to be as strong as you and they're not going to have the realisations of how to deal with things. So, but it's still obtainable. People can still develop that. And I think, you know, the only yeah. way to develop that is by repetition. Yes. And again, you know, we're going back to journaling or whether it's visualisation and meditation. Like for me, every morning I do, I do a sort of gratitude exercise and visualisation. And it's as simple as closing your eyes and sort of, it can be something you got inspired by. It can be this conversation. You know, if somebody, if somebody wants to um, just listen back to the conversation and just close their eyes, that's going to actually reinsert. And if you hear it repetitively, it's going to go into the subconscious without yeah. getting too yeah. deep into it, you know. But that's where your blueprint is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, talking, yeah. So I think you're talking about affirmations and, and meditation and things like that. I think I... I don't actively go to do those things though I if I come across a situation like maybe I'm in a yoga class or something and they do something like that I, I thoroughly enjoy it um, I can I can really lose myself and, and uh, get to wherever I wherever it is that I want to be so yeah that is so but I think I kind of do it I do that anyway uh, without realising, like you're talking about affirmations and it made me think of, uh, it's really weird how your brain just has flashbacks, it made me think to me being single and not being able to get to sleep at night um, and missing having somebody hugging me. So, that, you know, that's like kind of relatable to a child maybe if they're like sleeping in the bed with their, <laughs> you know, parents or maybe they just had their parents around and now they've gone away for the week and they're not there anymore. Whether it's just that kind of sense of not having that comfort that you had and I remember how I got over that not that I don't see it as something you need to get over as such but for me at the time it was a I can't sleep I'm on my own and so I was visualizing that person whoever it would have been whoever my boyfriend was just before that time um holding me so that it would help me fall to sleep and then I started to say to myself you don't need anyone to hold you so every night when I go to sleep I just I'd visualise myself on my own, just smiling, laying there, going to sleep. Yeah. And just doing that. So I guess I do affirmations in a way, but they're not planned. I don't think, oh, I'm going to get up and do this, or I don't have a set one. I just pick something at the time. Um, when I felt, so that's made me think of times, again, very much when I, be times when I'm on, on my own, um, and I felt I couldn't get through something. I'd probably go to sleep and say, you're a strong woman. You can do whatever you want to do. And I, I, I think I do things like that. I do 
safe. And it's good. And it, can, and it can be fun as well, can't it? You know, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've got my sort of weird things. Like, if it, let's say if I've got an important meeting, you know, um, I will walk into that meeting um, and, I'll, and I'll, be, I'll be cool and, I, you know, I'll do what I need to do. So it seems like I'm, I'm, I'm poised like that all the time. But actually, five minutes before I walk in there, you know, I'm either going, going into the toilet, clothing it, and I've got a number of different exercises that I do to gear me up, you know, because physiology is important. You know, if, we, if we just change our posture, then our brain is going to get a message that, hey, you're, you're pretty confident. Um, and then those, they, it's better to say it out loud, but, you know, it's a bit hard when you're, when you're, when you're in the gentleman's and, you know, somebody might walk in. But, I, but I've got this thing where I'm just like, lion's den, for some reason. I've had that since I was a kid, but I've just got that lion's den. <laughs> so it's like, that's my thing. See, like, my hairs are standing on end now. That's, yeah. that's my trigger, you know? So that's, that's it, it's that's... finding that, isn't it? It's finding that, that thing that works for you. But yes, yeah, so I definitely do. If, if somebody asks me about something, I do, uh, like they're, they're asking for some advice. I do often tell them, so that's the advice I'll give. But I just think I don't recognise it because it's it's a thing now where you can make meditation part of your day. You can learn from people. Oh, I better put my phone on charge in a second. Um, <laughs> because uh, yeah, because is I it have an to... emergency or is it not? Uh, it's twenty percent. So yeah. we... I was going back to your philosophy oh, element yes, of yeah. like yeah. Whereas me, <laughs> if that was my if that was my battery, you would start seeing sweat <laughs> pouring down. You see the difference? Yeah. Mm. I'm just a bit like, oh, it'd be Water a... off a duck's back, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll get a, I haven't got a charger in here, so Well we've uh... only literally got about two minutes left. Oh that's fine, that's off. fine. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, so yeah, yeah. Before, what, before we sort of finish off, what I will say is you know, we've got so much more to talk about. So, you know, we, we've definitely got to get you back on sooner rather than later. Everybody who's joined us, thank you very much. Please follow uh, our page where we're just trying to have do da daily doses of, of this type of conversation. And I've really enjoyed this conversation because Abby, what, one of the things I admire uh, uh, in Abby is, is, is the honesty and, and, and the realness. And, you, you know, you've really sort of brought about some, some strategies that everyday people can use, you know. So, so thank you very much for that. Um, you've got about a minute and a half if you wanted to conclude part one. Um. All right, let, let me just give everyone a shout out because I know people have been so nice in, in writing comments. Such, such an inspiration, Abby by Nick Hi, Colin Bray. Uh, Lydia, you're so inspirational, Abby. So lucky to call you a friend. How lovely. Tiffany Min, thank you for joining. Sagshi, thank you for joining. Marshall, thank you for joining. Uh, my, my MC comes in handy here, doesn't it? It's uh, Rosie, thank you for joining. Charlie, round the globe. Sophie, Louise, thank you for joining. Libby, thank you. Tracy Wilkinson, thank you. Uh, it was amazing that's that my, she that's went. That's my mum. Oh, Tracy, hello. Yeah. Nice to meet you, finally. Hi, wow. <laughs> oh, she, she's, pr oh. she's a proud mum. That's what we like. Uh, <laughs> Rob, hello. Lovely to have you here. Uh, love you, Abby. That's not coming from me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's from uh, Do Hit Similina. Nice to have you here. Red Ratch, Tracy, which is mummy. It's Olivia. Nice day. It's Olivia. Uh, yeah. And... 
Louis, Lucy, how we, how long have I got? 20 seconds. Chris, <laughs> nice to join, nice for you to join us. Um, how sneaky, nice of you to join us. JK McMurray, nice of you to, yeah, we've got a full room here, Abby. Nice. So, yeah, let's keep, let's keep the momentum going. We're going to have you back on. Yeah. Next few days, yeah? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Bye -bye.